0: I'm very excited to say that for today's episode, we have a very special guest, Madame Pamita. Madame Pamita is a Ukrainian diaspora witch, teacher, author, candle maker, spellcaster, and tarot reader. She has a popular YouTube channel for teaching witchcraft. She hosts The Magic and the Law of Attraction, as well as Baba Yaga's Magic Podcast. And she is the author of Baba Yaga's Book of Witchcraft, The Book of Candle Magic, and Madame Pamita's Magical Tarot. She is also the proprietress of the online spiritual apothecary, The Parlor of Wonders, and lives in Santa Monica, California. Now... Without further ado, please welcome Madame Pamita. Hope you enjoy. Welcome, thank you so much for being here. I am actually very excited that you're here because I haven't gotten to look too much into um, you know, Slavic mythology, but I have heard the name Baba Yaga. And I know that you've done extensive research on it because you do have a new book, um, Baba Yaga's Book of Witchcraft. And I know you've mentioned you are of Ukrainian descent, so I figured who better to help us get to know her a little bit better than you. So if you don't mind, I would like to start by asking, who is Baba Yaga?
1: Oh, well, this is a great question question because she's a mystery really (laughs) so we may spend the whole time talking about that but I'll get it I'll try and be more succinct we could spend hours actually talking about it so um in Slavic mythology um we hear of you know in stories not really in mythology so much as in fairy tales and fables which is where mythology went to oral tradition so um Ukrainian stories became um you know they were handed down Orally, and so um, they evolved over time. And what was once we believe stories about um, the uh, keeper of the woods, the mistress of the forest, um, the keeper of the forest mysteries, um, was a old woman, a crone figure. And this goes back thousands of years. As time evolved and Christianity came into Slavic lands, um, she became she couldn't be turned into a saint, and so she became a sort of evil character. And this is how we discover her later on, of course, in the 1700s, 1800s, 1900s, in fairy tales that were told is that she shows up as a witch character Baba Yaga or is that she's pronounced in Russian or Baba Yaha she has a ton of names if you Mm -hmm. go into all the different countries Poland Belarus um, uh, Croatia uh, uh, Slovenia I mean we have all of the countries really in the Slavic lands have a version of her. Baba Yaga, as we call her in English, is um, comes to us from Russian because Alexander Afanasyev wrote um, down some of these oral tales that were told, but she has lots and lots of names.
0: Wow. And
1: yeah, she's um so she's I would say for people who aren't familiar with her, mm-hmm. she's kind of like the witch in Hansel and Gretel. I think most um people in the states will will be familiar with the Hansel and Gretel stories which come from Germany, mm-hmm. but there's a witch that tries to put the kids in the oven and uh she kind of crosses over with Baba Yaga. So, yeah.
0: Yeah. As I was doing some research, I you know, I Figured, I'm like, oh, she reminds me of the Hansel and Gretel witch because, you know, she puts the children in the oven. and I heard she's can be or can be depicted as a cannibalist. And, you know, she is tied with those stories about, you know, taking the little children away, little children who are bad, you know. Mm-hmm, so mm-hmm. I figured, oh, wow, that's funny that they have that similarity. Mm-hmm. And you did mention she has a lot of names uh, through you know through different countries and I did kind of want to go over a little bit about the etymology of Baba Yaga and what what does that mean or what does it translate
1: to so um so Baba Yaga the name baba the word baba is a very old word and it usually means grandmother in ukrainian it would mean grandmother or old woman in Mm -hmm. russian they also have the same word baba and it would mean um it would mean kind of a disparaging comment like you're an old lady but in a not nice way um so we see this kind of idea that she's an old woman and so baba is often given as a as a kind of way of saying grandmother. Um, We would say baba is like granny or grandma is the kind of translation of that in Ukrainian. Um Babusya is grandmother but Baba would be like what you would call your grandmother just like you call your mother mom you know <laughs> so uh-huh. yeah and then and then Yaga Yaha um the second name there's um really some mystery around that where that name comes from they they try to sort of tease out what the etymology is but it might just be something that really was it's so old that we don't know what the meaning of it is so I can't say with any direct authority as to what yaha or yaga is but it's um it's sometimes associated with disease or curses or things like that but i think it's something there's there's more to the story than just this sort of um demonization of her
0: Right. Yeah. It it does go deep. I heard the same thing. Like I try to find, I try to dig a little deeper into Yaga and what does that mean? But I got the same thing. Like it could mean evil or it could mean illness or, you know, just negative connotations tied to that word. But she's a very interesting figure because she is seen. She's very ambiguous. Uh, she's sometimes seen as evil, as a witch, like an evil witch. And then there are other stories, sometimes where she helps out characters, although her words may not be, her words may not be as expressive as caring, but her actions are. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So, could you go over that a little bit?
1: Well, my um, in my research and doing my research for my book, um, I was coming across these stories, and as I started to see that in these stories. The more recent stories, if we look back, you know, over thousands of years, actually, that these stories have been told, the more recent ones, which would be post-Christianity coming into Eastern Europe, that's where we start to see her being an ogre or being an evil character. If we go back to the stories that are even older than those stories, that we start to see her as being a bit more ambiguous in the sense, I mean, she's never a fluffy Glinda the good witch. I mean, there's no doubt about that. But in terms of her behavior, it's really like a tough, a tough grandma. And she will test you to see if you are worthy of having a reward, and then she'll give you a reward, or she might be helpful and give you directions to some Place or you know in, in certain stories that's how she shows up she's never the main character of the story she's always kind of either she's the antagonist in the later stories or she's just sort of a character that the hero or heroine it stumbles upon and interacts with a little bit and then goes on with the rest of the story so if we look back at those and really scholars who and ethnographers who have looked at these stories really believe that she is uh, a character that was demonized by Christianity. And before that time, she was seen as this kind of, um, what I would say is an initiator. So, you know what an initiation is, right? Yeah. Initiation means you're going from one, State of being into a, 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 we would say a more advanced or you're moving up, right? Right. Like graduation is you're leaving high school, but you're going on to your life or you're going to college or a job or whatever, right? So there's an initiation there that Mm -hmm. happens at graduation. We've seen initiations happen in secret societies like, um, Freemasons. They have initiations and so on. If we go back to the older systems of, you know, village life, Um, You would be initiated into a group. So let's say as a young person, you wanted to be a a miller who is grinding grain, you would be initiated into the group of millers. If you were a warrior, you'd be initiated into the warriors. If you were a healer, Mm -hmm. you'd be initiated into the healers. The initiation process is tough. It's supposed to be tough. It's not supposed to be easy because then everybody could be in the group, right? So if you're going to be a warrior, you have to go through boot camp. Even today in the military, right? You have yes. to go through boot camp. If you don't ma- manage boot camp, you're out. So that's an, an a, that's a probably a modern day initiation that's as close as we can see to what things may have been at one time. You had an in, you had to get tested to show not only that you were smart enough or capable enough to be a part of the group, but that you were dedicated enough to be a part of the group. Because if you aren't dedicated, you're not going to pass boot camp. So she's a little bit like a drill sergeant, or I like to say she's like an Olympic coach. I mean, I deal with her as a real living spirit. You know, I mean, right. she's not, it's not something that's imaginary to me, she's real. But she will take you and give you hard tasks, not because she wants to stop you or because she's trying to punish you or she's just doing it for her amusement, but because she wants you to climb as high as you can go. And she would believe in you more than you would believe in yourself. So we have, we do know that in um, ancient times, in Ukrainian, ancient Ukrainian cultures, there were initiators and they would go out this is thousands of years ago, out to huts in the woods. Does that sound familiar? (laughs) Um, Where they would get, they would have someone there that would do the initiation process. And then when they would leave, they would leave with more knowledge, with more skill and be a part of the group. And that's kind of the thread that runs through my book is that she's this tough cookie, but she's an initiator. And so she's testing you, checking you out, seeing if you're serious looking you up and down and all of that, you know? (laughs) So So,
0: I was going to ask, I mean, I know you said you work with her as a, as an actual spirit. And if you don't mind sharing, how has she tested you? Oh my (laughs) (laughs)
1: God. Well, this story, this, this book that I wrote, um, when I first got the inkling to write a book, when you write a book, well, at least with nonfiction books, you send a book proposal to the, uh, to the book publisher. And you say, Hey, I would like to do a book. And they say, great or no or whatever, right? So I brought this book to them and I had some information and I had some ideas about what I was going to work on, but I didn't really know how I was going to organize it. And, you know, you don't have all the ideas quite yet until you dive into it. But what I didn't realize is in this book, I had in researching for this book, I had to not only research something that there are no other books written about Slavic magic in English, really. I mean, if we look at it, there's not any. And so, and certainly not about Ukrainian magic. So I had to look into like doctoral theses. And then I had to start looking at things that were written in Ukrainian. And I don't speak
0: Ukrainian. So. Oh my gosh, that must have been, yeah, that's difficult.
1: <laughs> so I look at, if you look at how, you know, Baba Yaga comes to work with you. This book was that perfect example of that. So she, I felt that when in working with spirits, she's like going, hey, do this book. Hey, do this book. Okay. So I say, yes, I will do this book. And I get into it. And in the middle of it, I'm just like, oh, my God, I'm losing my mind and crying and wishing that I'd never signed on for it. (laughs) But I push through with kind of that relationship of trusting her and knowing that there's a reason for this book coming out. And so I spent ah, thousands of hours. It was all like two years. I was basically working full time writing this book, you know, and then when does it come out? Right at the time that Russia is invading Ukraine and all of a sudden people are interested in Ukraine. To wow. me, that's the answer of that- why when you work with spirits, this is the confirmation.
0: That because two years ago,
1: yeah, two years ago, I would never have even dreamt that any of this would be happening. Nobody knew what Ukraine was. I'd say I'm Ukrainian, and they go, "What?" what? <laughs> <laughs> now everybody knows. Right. So, so it's this kind of, um, it's this kind of work with spirits where you get a result and and really a, a sense of what. I see really is that I got a sense of accomplishment that I could do this and real pride in this book I think of the books I've, this is my third book that I've written I'm most proud of this one so wow that's and so, still what happens when you work with a spirit
0: <laughs> because that was going to be my next question is like how did you become inspired or when and where did you hear that call to, to look into Baba Yaga or to start working with her how did how did that happen for you
1: well a couple of things you know in my life you know uh my my mom was is was ukrainian she's passed away but she used to tell me stories we used to do things around the house you know little magical things around the house and she was very open about magic even though she was catholic she was super open about magic and bought me my first tarot deck she would, bought me a ouija board she had no fear of these things and working in the spirit realm or you know and yeah. i think catholicism kind of lends itself to that too. Cause you got a lot of m- magical things that you do, yes. you know, Catholic magic, right?
0: Yes. A lot so, of rituals and yeah, yeah. <laughs> exactly. And lighting. I see, I
1: say my first candle spells were in a Catholic church when I was a little girl, cause you light a candle and make a wish that's a spell, right? So
0: exactly. And, <laughs> yeah. And then I found, um, when I was doing some research, a lot of churches are actually built on crossroads
1: Oh my gosh, natural yeah. ley lines.
0: And yeah. so what do you think you're doing when you're going to a crossroads? And lighting exactly. a candle,
1: yeah, right? exactly, exactly. <laughs> and if you really want to find ancient sacred sites, go to old churches that are built in medieval times or oh. you know Renaissance times in England, in Ireland, and Scotland. Wherever you go, these churches are built and especially in europe they're built and in mexico too i've noticed Mm -hmm. in mexico everywhere you go they're built on old sacred sites you know the basilica the old basilica in mexico city was built on an old um (laughs) sacred site and aztec sacred site so you know this is what we find so anyway um so in growing up i was grew up in a magical household and we told stories about baba yaga so she was kind of like always sort of there right but not really I wasn't really interested in necessarily working with her however when I went through menopause and I'm becoming a, when I am a crone now I'm looking okay well where are my role models hmm huh right. where are they I want to see an older woman who's powerful. And there really aren't in our culture. There's not a lot of them. I mean, we have a few, but really, you know, they're not a lot. And so that's when she really, I believe, said to me, I'm ready. You're ready to work with me. Not to say that a younger person couldn't work with her by all means. You know, if she calls to you, she calls to you. But I never go looking for spirits. Spirits sort of open the door for me. And then I go, okay, we'll come and we'll work together. And let's see Mm -hmm. what I can learn from you. And I learned quite a bit you know, so, so that's really where I think it's, uh,
0: that's how you get started working with spirits, let them call you. (laughs) Yeah. And that's another question I had, because I I hear a lot about, oh, you know, if if they call you, um, then you can work with them. But if they don't call you, then you can't, but whatever. And so I was wondering, were there any signs? Did you, did you just keep hearing a lot about her? Did her name come up? Or what were your signs?
1: Well, I, for me, I'm, I, I can only describe it as they keep pestering me. So it wasn't like (laughs) I was seeing specific signs that I would like, you know, there was something, but I just kept my, I would kept getting reminded of her. It was annoying. I kept thinking about her. Yeah. It's, it's, I'm a clairsentient. So, and a claircognizant. So it's going to be inner knowing, inner feeling, you know, that I come from. And so I kept like feeling her, thinking about her, doing research, and then start getting very interested in looking at the old ways and trying to find information about the old ways. So I don't think that that's a sign per se, but just you'll, it's like, I feel the call. Felt it. Yeah. 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 I mean, I think it's like for what people can understand that to be like is like, let's say you're an artist and you are, Oh, every time you pass an art supply store, you're like, Ooh, I'm going to go in there and look around. It's a call, right? Mm-hmm. So it's not necessarily that there's a sign, like a neon sign, or right. something, but that you're feeling drawn to something. Then when you're feeling drawn to something or someone or a spirit or working with a spirit, like start to get to know them. I think, okay. you know, you spend time with them, you read about them, you learn about them, you, um, honor them, make a little altar to them, and sort of develop that relationship. I would never, I have never, I have never, I would say I would never, I have never asked Baba Yaga, well, no, I take that back. I did ask her one thing about the war in Ukraine, and I asked her, and she said she's taking care of it, and I said, okay, Ooh. but Ooh. I don't really ask you know, spirits to do something on my behalf. I feel like I just develop that relationship with them and we hang out and I learn from them and I gain from them. But I don't ask them to do things like a servant, go do this right. thing for me. It's not like that for me. So yeah.
0: Wow. And so I know we mentioned um that there aren't a lot of women who are like older and I know an old, being older isn't necessarily a bad thing. It's not a bad thing actually. It's it's more of a indicative that they're wiser. They're wiser mm-hmm. beyond their years, and they have a lot of experiences. So there's a lot that we can learn from them. And I know that um, there are very few. Although she is a Slavic, um, which Hecate also comes to mind, or Hecate, however that you guys like to pronounce it. I, I feel it's stronger Hecate, but anyway. Yeah. Um, But I saw some similarities with her in the sense that, you know, she's at the crossroads and I've heard stories where she sometimes isn't just one deity, she's three. So Mm -hmm. she's like three sisters. I didn't look too much into that story, but I'm sure you could tell us more about that.
1: Yeah. So this, this crossover is not, I think, accidental or, or um, just a curious, um, you know, coincidence it's, there was contact between Greece and Ukraine. Um, so there was an ancient time. So there may have been uh, shared stories, it, there may have been um, traits that, you know, you learn about something. And I think we live in a time right now where borrowing is seen as a bad thing, but in ancient times, people borrowed all the time, you know, they (laughs) borrowed. Oh, you know, the classic example is the Romans just taking the Greek pantheon changing everybody's name. And now they got a new pantheon of gods and goddesses. Right. Right. So, um, so back then there was a lot of trading of information, trading of stuff and actual trade of, of, items as well. And so along with that would come the stories and the traditions and the rituals and the recipes and the spices and the whatever, right? Mm-hmm. So that that fact that there was contact there and that there are similarities with, um, for example, Hecate being at the crossroads and Baba Yaga being associated also with that liminal space of the crossroads and their beliefs around the crossroads as well. I think that that is not coincidental the, the interesting thing too is that uh, the celts the ancient celts actually came from central and the sort of western part of eastern europe so they traveled to, and moved through europe and then ended up in scotland and ireland and wales and if we look at that the ancient ukrainian practices and the ancient druidic celtic druidic practices there's a ton of crossover there so yeah. we can almost say that there's this you know as we looked at like these dark goddesses and other cultures we can see that there's a lot of similarity and i don't think it's a coincidence i think that there was a shared goddess that was you know shared and known by everyone in ancient times right. and i think as you go back really far we we wouldn't see them as goddesses we would see them as spirits that's the animist tradition it's not this pantheon of gods that are you know hanging out on top of mount olympus or (laughs) are you know hanging out in the clouds they're actually spirits that are around us and here and present so
0: yeah yeah and then yeah because i also although this one my next example is not um a feminine example i also kind of it kind of reminded me of um Papa Legba, because I know that Baba Yaga is also known as Bony Leg. That's probably yeah. one of her epithets, right? Yes. And so that immediately made me think of Papa Legba, and he works, you know, with spirits. He's a Loa of spirits, and so is she. And I'm like, wow, I'm finding all of these, I guess, dark entities that have similarities. And I'm like, that is fascinating how they yeah. can all just come together.
1: <laughs> yeah, I know I, what's fast, what's so interesting to me as I do this research and look more and more and continue to research and learn more, um, I see so much that we share. There's so much that we share in common when we go back to our ancient ancestors.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: i it, this is audio so people aren't going to see this but you can see behind me there's a blanket on my couch mm-hmm. someone would look at this blanket and say oh it's from it's Native American it's right. from Mexico Mm-mm, it's ukrainian
0: oh this wow. weaving
1: was done in ukraine just as it was this is an old wool uh oh. carpet <laughs> so this this kind of thing that we think of as being so unique and special. There are unique twists everywhere, but we have so much in common with all right. of our traditions. And we can find, like, oh, hey, you know, I call her Hecate. Oh, I call her Ponyaga. I call her Morena. I call her this. I call her that. So we can find these similarities and really celebrate them and then also celebrate our unique little twists on it. I think,
0: you know, that is pretty amazing. And Okay, so I listened to your podcast, um, the new one that you have, and um, on it, I, I know that one of your first, uh, is it your first episode, I believe, on Baba Yaga? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, I know that you mentioned you, that when you get you know, when you get your book, there's also a story about the birth of the sun mm-hmm. in there, so I was, I, mean, I was curious about that, I'm like, oh, I, I have to remember to ask her about that. Um, So is that, does that have something to do with Baba Yaga or like how she tells it? Or is that more of like the Slavic uh, spiritual practices?
1: Well, there's lots and lots and lots of ancient mythology and especially around the sun. I mean, we we know that this was something very important for all people. Again, this is a common thing. I mean, if we go back into the old stories in, you know, you know, Aztec stories or Native American stories or um Japanese stories, or you know we can go into any culture and you can find these stories about the birth of the sun and how you know the sun gods were there, and all of this. This is the sun is something that is very, very important. I just taught a class on sun magic and how and all these ancient cultures they yes. had such advanced knowledge like they were doing these. Uh, you know, basically doing observatories where we have something like Stonehenge, but there's Stonehenges all over the world, not, you know, literally henges, but there's pyramids. If we go down into South America, Central America, uh, we go into Egypt in the, in the, um, the pyramid complex, they're all designed to mark the summer solstice and the winter solstice or, you know, different astronomical phenomenon right Mm -hmm. so in Ukrainian, the ukrainian story that really is about not quite the birth of the sun but the one i want to share to you that's so important we find that eggs are very important in ukrainian magic if you've ever seen ukrainian easter eggs they're very intricately De- de- uh, decorated. They're mm-hmm. decorated with a wax resist method. It's like batik cloth in Indonesia, oh, wow. but we do it on eggs, right? And so you you put some wax on it then you dip it in one color, then you put some more wax on and you dip it in another color and then you take the wax off and you've got this beautiful decorated intricately de- decorated wow. egg. So eggs are very, very important and very magical, but if we go back really far into the legends about the eggs... Um Ukrainians believed that the yoke of the egg was a piece of the sun. And so what it was that they believed is that the birds would be we could we humans could not reach the sun, we could not touch the sun, but they believed that either metaphorically or literally, birds were able to go up to the sun. Because right, if you're standing on earth and you watch a bird, it's gone. Where did it go? It can go up (laughs) as high as possible. It can go up as high as the sun. (laughs) So they believed that when the birds came down and laid their eggs, that the yolk inside the egg was a piece of the sun, a gift from the sun for humans to enjoy. Whether we eat it or we decorate it, or we use it as an offering, eggs are really really important right. and then we go back to this other co- kind of cross-cultural thing there's also an egg cleanse in ukrainian healing magic that is almost i mean i would say it's 80 percent the same as <laughs> olympia in You're mexican right. curandurisma,
0: you know yeah. it's yeah. like
1: this it's like the same thing that they're doing they didn't have contact with one another how did that happen we don't know. People just realize that eggs are powerful and eggs are magical, right? And there's different variations of that. So that's a story about how the piece of the sun came down to
0: us. That is, is well fascinating. Art. It it really is interesting because even, yeah, ancient Egyptians also worshiped the sun, mm-hmm. you know, then I guess it was life because it, it is life, right? Without the sun, crops don't grow. Mm-hmm. It's, so it's, it's very, it's all fascinating. and, and, mm-hmm. We start to recognize patterns and know that everything is interconnected.
1: <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. And we start to pay attention to nature and we start to look at nature and look at the cycles of nature. We start to see really, um, you become energized by it, I think, you know.
0: Yes, because, yeah, I believe um, our, the ancients did have a lot more knowledge, or at least they were more connected with nature and they paid more attention and were more in tune with it hmm. That's lovely. <laughs> is there any, any last thoughts or any advice that you would want to give to someone uh, who is looking to start working with Baba Yaga?
1: Well, I get this question once in a while, and I always say to them, be prepared. It's, she's going to give you hard tasks to do, but they're not going to be impossible tasks. They're just going to be tasks that push you beyond what you think are your limits. So I don't, I would say you don't enter into it lightly, but what you're going to gain from it is going to be like a treasure. And that's what we see in the stories, you know, in all of the fairy tales and fables where she shows up in the ones where she's the donor, where she's giving something to someone, she's testing someone, and then she gives them a gift at the end if they pass the test. There's always like, it's funny because there'll be a story where there's like a good daughter and a, ba- a lazy daughter, right? The lazy <laughs> daughter won't pass the test and then something terrible happens to her. But the good, hardworking daughter does all the jobs and then she gets a reward. And it is is always something very magical, very special and something that really um, makes her life so much better. So be prepared that you're going to get something amazing, but to get to that, you're going to be tested. You're going to have to push yourself. You're going to be going farther. She's going to give you a hard task to do, but in the end, if you commit to it and you do it, you'll get a reward at the end. So that's what okay. I would say to anyone who's prepared, preparing to work <laughs> with Baba Yaga. It's like, be prepared for that because if you're, it's, it's running a marathon. It's not oh, man. Yes. a skip in the park.
0: Okay. <laughs> no, it's not for the, yeah, for the faint of heart. So you're going to have yeah. to work really, really hard for it. But, you know, if you're dedicated and if you're committed and you're respectful, then you will receive a reward. Yeah.
1: yeah. <laughs> respectful is important too. I think that's a big one for all spirits. Be respectful of your spirits and they will reward you. They will give you wonderful things. So just give a lot of respect to her because she's, she's a, like, she doesn't. Suffer suffer fools gladly.
0: <laughs> <Ooh>. <laughs> well, thank you so much, Madam Pamita, for your time. This has been a pleasure, a joy. Thank you so much for coming on.
1: Thank you. Oh, I and so love-
0: be- before you go, I'm sorry. Tell my listeners where they can find you and where they can get your book.
1: Oh, great. Okay. So Um, well, the first thing is, um, you'd mentioned in my podcast, I have two podcasts, but the one about Slavic magic is called Baba Yaga's magic Well, you can go to Baba Yaga's magic on your podcatcher, you know, iTunes and, um, Stitcher and wherever Spotify Spotify and all the places. (laughs) Yeah. Um, Baba Yaga's magic is the podcast, um, my website. Um, is parlor of wonders spelled p-a-r-l-o-u-r of wonders.com and that's where they can find me they can find signed copies of the book there i would say go to all the places to get the book but for the book is out of print it sold out so places like amazon don't have it right now so i've been saying to people well you can get it from me because we still have (laughs) a a hundred copies or so and um there's a second printing in the works right now so it will be back on all the usual places soon but yeah you know that's the that's where you can get it so
0: and i'll write down all your links on the you know intro as well so for those of you who you know are having a hard time or don't have anything to jot that down with, it'll be there for you guys. Thank you so much.
1: Thank you. It's wonderful hanging out with you. <laughs> Likewise.
0: Thanks. Bye. Bye. Well, there you guys go. I highly suggest that you check out her YouTube channel, her podcast, and her books. And if you're looking to start out with candle magic, A great resource is her book, The Book of Candle Magic. I can personally recommend that because I have her book. Well, I hope that you guys enjoyed this episode as it was a complete pleasure and joy to speak to her. And as always, if you have any questions or if there's any feedback or if there's simply anything that you just feel like sharing, please go ahead and reach out to me. My email is lauralavender.mb at gmail.com, or you can friend me on Instagram at lauralavender.mb. Thank you so much for listening to Mysteries Beyond. I'm your host, Laura Lavender, and I'll see you guys next episode.